Welcome to the Digital From Day One podcast. Our aim is to build a bridge by creating content that will pique interest, spark conversations, and encourage further innovations that will ultimately build a more informed and prepared pipeline of learners headed for the 21st century workforce. Hi, my name is Brendan Dickerson, and joining me as always is Joel Nelson. Today, you'll be listening to our part two discussion with Columbus City Schools Chief Information Officer, Vanwana Vereni. One of the things I want to ask you in relation to, you know, what you do now, right? So you are the CIO for the, um, you know, for Columbus City School. And we know there's this the interesting thing about technology and, um, and learning uh, is that it has, um, has kind of had these, these evolutions, right? Technology was kind of, yeah, we kind of need to pay attention to this thing over off to the side, um, but it's not really, you know, we'll see if, it, if it'll impact anything that I need to do. Uh, then it became, you know, hey, everything is brand new. Let's try to figure out what we can do and what we need to do and so on and so forth. But there's no real um, challenges that we're trying to overcome. It's just more like in the sandbox or playing, trying to figure out what, what works. Then technology, kind of over the last five to seven years, technology and education has really been like, okay, this is a partner. This is how we're going to do things. And we have this technology, you know, IT or distance education, whatever, you know, it was iterated in the education space. This is our partner in trying to get to a certain area. Not everybody, but for the most part, that's kind of the way it was going. Then COVID hit, right? And the switch flips. And now it's like technology is the only way <laughs> that we can deliver education and so on and so forth. I want to know what your your thoughts on that transition. Do I have that right, first of all? And then, you know, what does that say in terms of the, the long-term outlook for technology and education? Um, and then if I can give an offshoot of that, you also now have heavier emphasis on certain uh, audiences that you have, you know, you touched on this before you kind of was like more your teachers and your students, but now you have parents that are your, uh, customers essentially because of, you know, the, the teaching and learning is happening in ho- at home now. So if you can touch on those, those two things, kind of the evolution of technology and learning, and then also the increase uh, and diversification of the customers that you now have because of that. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you used the word customer because a lot of people use the word user and I'm like, oh, that's that's a negative (laughs) connotation. Right. So, you know, uh, and I have this favorite uh, thing I always talk about when you talk about the evolution of technology, right? When you looked at the 80s, when technology started coming up really big in any space, education or anywhere, it was very uh, autocratic, right? We told the user, hey, this is the tool we can build and this is what you're going to use. We told the customer, this is what we can build and this is mm-hmm. what we, you can use and we'll tell you how to use it. Mm-hmm. And we threw in yeah. a bunch of technical jargon at them, confused <laughs> mm-hmm. them, and mm-hmm. they were so afraid to approach us because we acted like demigods and we spoke Greek. <laughs> Right. And, right. and we still get away saying we are geeks. We don't have to communicate. 
Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> and um, this lasted well into the 90s, right? Mm -hmm. And then things started shifting. In the late 90s, you started cloud taking, um, showing its head, and then mm -hmm. the uh, customers got smart, right? So mm -hmm. the customer said, "If you can deliver, I'm going to so and so and getting it done." Yeah. And so immediately we went from autocracy to a butler mode. Hey, whatever you want, right? <laughs> Little understanding that we had to take a consultative approach and work with them to understand what they want versus whatever they said we they wanted we built it for them mm. right and we said oh the pay paying person is the customer everybody the department is the user i mean we put all this jargon again through a bunch of jargon at them but but we went from uh, 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 you know, a superiority mode to a very subservient mode and said, I'm your butler. Yes, sir. I'll do whatever you need for me to do. <laughs> Again, it was not serving your customers or your organization because now you built a ton of things. You had duplicative effort. Um, you went across the board and you built a ton of tools and nobody used and same thing, right? When you were in this autocracy mode, you built a bunch of tools people weren't using. And when mm -hmm. you're in a butler mode, you're building a bunch of things people don't use because that's not really what they wanted, even though they told you that's what they wanted. There's a difference between mm -hmm. want and need. Yeah. And now, um, I, I think at least from the 2000s, right, um, early, late 2000s, the whole movement of IT is the business. Mm -hmm. IT is the enabler of the business mm -hmm. is taking mm -hmm. shape. And people like you and me have seen it mushroomed through those things. And now we are thinking... Yeah hey, we are enabling the business, right? But what do we mean by that? So more and more, while IT was relegated as an expense um, organization, right? When you look at verticals, oh, this is a revenue vertical, this is an expense vertical. Everybody kind of uh, contributed to this charity called IT in an organization. <laughs> Every revenue uh, earning department did. And then, uh, you know, you had to like worry about, hey, is my pie chart balanced? Am I fitting the person that gives me 25% with more projects than the person that's giving me 5%, right? Mm -hmm. All funny numbers. I've always maintained it is still the organization's funds we need to mm -hmm. put to maximum use. We need to look at it as an organization. Um, the first thing I go to any team, I tell them, no us versus them. Mm -hmm. yeah. It is all us, right? This is mm -hmm. us. I love that show, by the way. But <laughs> this is us. <laughs> um, you know, um, so I've, I've seen that evolution. So going forward, right? You're talking just about in the education space. So IT mm -hmm. has been this enrichment thing mm -hmm. until COVID, right? And you guys have a very good distance education program. But again, we have used it as a device. We have used it mm -hmm. as a window into that learning mm -hmm. process. But how much have we integrated that learning process, the pedagogy, into that device? Mm -hmm. So recently, Columbus City Schools did an initiative called the Portrait of a Graduate. This is by our new superintendent, Dr. Dixon. She's been mm -hmm. a visionary. That's one of the reasons I joined. You, you asked me when about when I joined, right? I was three months in the office when COVID stuck. Not six, three. Wow. <laughs> I, I said, well, time outside the office and in the office but um, you know we've been working but she's a visionary her vision was what led me we both said in unison we want to put columbus city schools on the national map to be looked at as that organization the other school districts want to emulate from so part mm -hmm. of that is 
like you said, it's not an extension of pedagogy. It has to be integrated mm. into the pedagogy. Exactly. And that is what I was telling you, I was working on this long-term plan and vision on how do you integrate. And uh, Brendan initially talked about blended learning, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and flipped classrooms. And mm -hmm. some in the COVID world, blended learning or hybrid learning is used as, you know, um, synchronous versus asynchronous days, right? Yeah, That's right. what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah. I'm talking about <laughs> technology into pedagogy, making yes. it an extension or not, not an extension or an enrichment, making it a fabric, weaving it into the fabric of how we deliver mm -hmm. instruction and how we deliver learning to the students. So mm -hmm. um, example, right, we, we are putting a new school in effect in August, it's called our world language program. And mm. so they were looking to, you know, hey, how do I display what the teacher needs to teach? So it's interactive, kids can look at. And we, in a previous school, at the time, we did not know a lot of the things we know now. COVID has taught us mm. so much, right? We went mm -hmm. with ClickShare, uh, you know, you use ClickShare for meetings. We went with ClickShare and we went with TV screens. Now we invested in this new school called um, a, a technology called ClearTouch, which allows the student from their phone to display yes. what they have in the phone. So it's truly interactive. So smart mm -hmm. boards were designed to be that too, but right, a lot of people use them as these projectors. Project yes, uh, exactly. when I <laughs> on a blackboard, I'm gonna project it. And that's yes. how technology has been used, but I want to change that narrative. I want it to be built into the pedagogy. That's why I'm working with our academic services, our school leadership, I'm working with HR. Uh, so we can start talking to our labor partners about this new way of instruction and also mm -hmm. hire the right resources. I'm talking with budgeting because this is going to have a huge impact. And I'm talking with professional development because we have to train our staff to use this um, mm -hmm. uh, new method. And we have excellent staff in our academic services that are already um, uh, doing pioneering work in the space. So but I want to use the tap into what work they're doing to mm -hmm. see how we can um, uh, fortify it with technology, not extend mm -hmm. it or enable it. I right. would say uh, technology has to be the fabric of everything. Mm -hmm. um, it's called strategic coherence, right? And you cannot get strategic coherence without technology anymore. So that's what mm -hmm. COVID taught me. And that's what I'm moving towards. My target is school year 2023. Mm -hmm. You have that 21st century classroom. That's uh, our, our Dr. Dixon's target. But I am kind of trying to go along with that and build that, mm -hmm. uh, build that long-term mm -hmm. technology plan for her and build mm -hmm. it out so we can learn, we can fail, we can fail fast and <laughs> learn mm -hmm. from our lessons and move on. And I, and I think you hit it right on the nail. Uh, so one of the things that uh, we actually did with uh, Digital Flagship last year was uh, take the mobile design lab, uh, the E-Code Kenwood, and some of the students, you know, learned uh, coding. Um, some of the things that you uh, brought up was, you know, integrating, you know, that digital pedagogy, you know, within um, uh, the fabric of, you know, their, their learning experience, which I think is, you know, so essential, um, especially as we see everything moving um, remotely. Um, long term, you know, I'd just love to hear your thoughts on, and we've talked to a lot of different individuals that, you know, work from nationwide to all the different um, uh, for-profit, non-profit tech sectors. And we're, you know, blessed to be here in Columbus that has a thriving uh, tech scene. And so I was just wondering, moving forward for, you know, Columbus um, students, you know, Central Ohio students, um, do you foresee um, a scenario where students can get to be interfaced with these companies early on to understand, you know, what is actually needed um, so once they you know get to college they're ready to um, compete 
So I was wondering, you know, what are some of your thoughts on that long-term? Um... Absolutely. Um, I was telling you about the portrait of a graduate exercise <laughs> we did, right? So we were <laughs> identifying core competencies our graduates needed to have to be competitive in this uh, new workforce, right? Also, um, not every one of our students will go to college. Some will go to the armed forces. Some will go to college. Some will be entrepreneurs and some will go into the workforce. So how gotcha. do I prepare this graduate with all those different options available to them mm-hmm. um, that they can go forward with? So we did a community engagement exercises. We, we did extensive community engagement we talked to, like you said, our new customers, right? The parents, yes. not just the students, the students, the parents, the grandparents, that their whole community to coming together because we also needed to work with our partners, nonprofit organizations mm-hmm. um, to help promote this together. Uh, like, like you mentioned, we have a thriving tech scene. How do we use that? Mm-hmm. So of the core competencies identified, one of the major ones was technology. So not only now I have, uh, you know, like we talked about integrating technology into the pedagogy, what are the skills in terms of technology that I want our students to have? So we have very dedicated career tech programs. You know, when we talked initially on email, you had mentioned that as one of the thought process. So we have career tech, uh, which is industrial tech, um, you know, culinary skills are downtown cafeteria, high school cafeteria is actually run by our students that go through the culinary program. Uh, but you also have a very robust technology program uh, with they, they can get certifications and other things if that's what they want to do going into the workforce. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about what we're doing to mentor them, right? I'm part right. of the CIO forum and uh, the CIO tomorrow event is coming up next August. And part mm-hmm. of that, uh, I was talking to Edwin Rogers, the state CIO, and he's one of the most collaborative people you can see in mm-hmm. Columbus. He's, he's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I was talking to him and he's leading up the committee and we are actually talking about getting CIOs to come and talk to our students. Mm-hmm. So during this COVID, since it's August, we don't know when we'll be in, in, in person. Uh, we, we are mm-hmm. trying to be, you know, but um, so do we have some virtual family engagement sessions? Like you said, we are trying mm-hmm. to address the whole customer base. Mm-hmm. So um, we are working out where they can come and address our families, including the students. Um, like 15, 20 minutes, every CIO can come once a month to our family engagement sessions. We have two a week and we can start talking about Columbus and what are those opportunities. Yesterday, I was in a conversation with Dr. McCullough for the Black Tech Columbus 614. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to brainstorm. Uh, we both have multiple meetings to go through before we can have that program together. But we are trying to brainstorm how we can work together. One, how can we, I be a pipeline for his talent? And two, how can I send our students to the pipeline? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, mm-hmm. They're looking at it both ways. So uh, we are engaging with multiple um, mentors across Columbus and uh, trying to see how we can help. Because uh, I was talking to Rick McMahon and uh, Catherine Alsos, Viva Systems and Google. Mm-hmm. Right? Not all their jobs require a college degree. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what can our high school graduates aspire to work for Google and what do they need mm-hmm. in terms of yeah. skills? Yep. And how can I build that into the curriculum and how can I enable that? So I, 
I have a unique privilege to be connected with a lot of these uh, players, uh, movers and shakers in Columbus, including yourself. So I'll be hitting your door on how you can help us do this too. Um, mm. Everybody has this passion to do something to secure the future of Columbus, mm-hmm. right? How do we bring all that together? Uh, because if it is still so spread across the community, we mm. run the risk of diluting it. Yeah. How can we bring it all together so it becomes a big movement? Mm. We, we, this year has been tough, not just because of COVID. We have political unrest. We have social injustice issues. Yes. We have <laughs> so many unprecedented calamities, both mm-hmm. man-made and yep. uh, natural that we are facing mm. right now. Mm-hmm. 2021 needs to be better. How can we collectively make it better? And mm-hmm. how as technologists, what is within our power to make that better? Yeah, and I love what you said. I mean, first of all, all of what you said there. And, and uh, you know, personally, um, prior to taking this role and somewhat in the same, but I was only in the role for six months before COVID hit. So, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> I think, as I said, I think everybody is, for some reason, there's a lot of job transition right before COVID and then COVID hit. So, you know, but maybe that was just everybody being put in, in, the, in their correct place so that we can <laughs> uh, tackle this all together. Um, but prior to taking on this role, um, I was at Columbus State and, um, and I was in our workforce uh, development um, area, um, primarily working with Columbus City Schools on uh, connection to the workforce and, and things of that nature. And one of the things that I'm still involved with is initiative to kind of, you know, get students uh, these internships um, through the STEM Industry Council um, out with the, the employers uh, across Central Ohio. And uh, as we're talking with some of these employers that have employed, you know, 40, 50 students every summer paid internships, um, the challenge that they're having, which we, you know, of course, this past summer, we didn't even do any internships because nobody's people were like, look, I can't. I can't think about trying to provide an internship for anybody right now. This is not, there's too many other things going on. Um, but as we were going into it this year, the, the conversations we're having with, with some of these employers is how do I provide a internship experience remotely? Um, not only that, but how do I then provide it or even consider providing it for high school students um, in particular with some of the other challenges that come along with that. And I mean, we've, we've you know, broached the conversations related to access to technology and things of that nature. Like, hey, you know, we can kind of guarantee it. They at least have a computer because of the, the work that you, you all have done in terms of putting, you know, com, you know, devices into their hands and things of that nature. But the, the next thing is uh, what are students prepared to do in their junior and senior year in terms of utilizing technology to complete work, right? And not only that, but being able to be um, self-sufficient and self-directed and mm-hmm. to even have kind of the digital skills uh, related to collaborating and things of that nature. The question that I'm deriving from all of that is how does that now all seep into the education uh, that, that's happening, right? These are the things that you talked about in terms of 
what you brought to the table and how it helped you overcome this, this challenge of COVID anyway. Um, is there even ways to take what you all did and turn that into lessons for your students, right? Like how can this whole experience become a teaching and learning opportunity for students and, and then put them in the best way to be pillars in this, this 21st century uh, workforce? That's a very, very interesting question and a lot of food for thought. I, um, I'll take it to our chief <laughs> academic officer and see how we can do that. <laughs> um, because, I, you know, we are still, like, like yourselves, right? We are still trying to figure out how to deliver the education they need. And we are actually mm -hmm. even saying, hey, is, uh, is it important? Um, we, we are trying to stratify what we need to deliver even, right? Usually yeah. you have the core curriculum, then you have something over and above, then you have desired versus essential, desired versus, you yeah. know, uh, mm -hmm. oh, this would be nice to have. We are even saying, I need to focus on the social emotional health of these students now. Mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. should i even yeah. cut some of those layers and just focus on essential but spend mm -hmm. the time focusing on the social emotional health i talked mm -hmm. about the human-centric design we did with the columbus foundation yes. they helped us with the design thinking approach um, and uh, we talked to some of our students you know what they told us was is so profound it had nothing to do with what they were learning right they said hey I love to hear from uh, what I enjoyed was my relationship with Mrs. Sanders mm. in school. Mm. I'm not mm -hmm. engaging right now. Can Mrs. Sanders call me sometime mm. just to see how I'm doing, mm -hmm. right? And then That's they said, um, if, I, if I just show up, and this was in March, right? If I just show up and I get a pass or fail, I'd rather use that time and not show up but focus on learning a life skill mm. because mm. I'm graduating and I want to go into the workforce. Mm. Mm -hmm. We know yeah. a lot of our seniors in 2020, really, really 4.0 students, right? Took mm -hmm. a break here because they were worried about how college experience would look for them amidst COVID. Mm. So to your point, yes, there, there will be some curriculum that around crisis management, right? Because if it's yeah. not COVID, it'll be something else. And, and yeah. it's part of life. We have these ups and downs. Our, our, mm -hmm. our ancestors have gone through cholera plague and everything with yes. no yes. kind of medical <laughs> thing we've had. Yes. This too shall pass. But yes. to your point, we need to take the crisis management and build it into the curriculum, especially as juniors and seniors, right? Mm -hmm. We haven't done that yet because we are still, I think, not just us, right? Across the board, across the nation. Everybody mm -hmm. is still in reaction mode, but this is, yes. like I said, I, I didn't mean it facetiously or I wasn't avoiding your question, but this is food for thought, right? Yes. Hopefully our listeners to this podcast start thinking in those terms too, right? How do mm -hmm. I take this crisis management lessons learned and build it into the curriculum, not just on how we can use technology, but how mm -hmm. do we deal with the crisis together? Yes. Totally get your point, but uh, to, to this, I think a lot of that crisis management also should focus not just on imparting a curriculum, but on the social emotional health of students. Absolutely. And, and just go along with that as well. Um, I think what you stated earlier on is about, you know, some things about like the human gaps. And I think, you know, until we address those, we could throw all the technology, you know, all the different things we want at these issues, but until we actually, you know, sit down and have some serious conversations, you know, 
we're going to be, you know, in this cycle of trying to figure these different things out. But as a, you know, former, you know, high school and college, you know, graduate and whatnot, you know, what, what are, I guess, one thing you would tell uh, a middle school student in, in Columbus City Schools right now um, uh, pertaining to more so, hey, I'm interested in a lot of different areas, you know, potentially, you know, I might be interested in technology, I might be interested in, you know, business, but um, maybe I'm interested in business, but, you know, maybe I don't have that technology, you know, background um, to get me uh, moving to the next level. Um, what is something you would like to tell them? Because one of the things that um, we've seen, and you as well, probably uh, within the line of your work is that a lot of people within technology um, actually don't start off in technology. Um, I can even, you know, state for myself, I didn't start off in technology, but um, I fell into it and, and I love it. But you know, for a lot of students, when we talk to them, you know, here at OSU, it's like, you know, how can we, you know, get them to understand that whatever you do going forward, I mean, it's going to be embedded within the line of your work, um, um, the classes and whatever, and whatever you do. So what is something I guess you would like to tell a, a middle school student or a high school student uh, within Columbus City Schools right now? Okay, right now, here's yep. what I would uh, like to tell them. <laughs> You know, they say the darkest hour is the hour before dawn. Mm. And every morning the sun rises up and puts on a show for us. Mm -hmm. And so will your leaders in Columbus City Schools rise up for you. You see my shirt, it's Rise Up Columbus City Schools. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's like, we, we will rise up and we will help you. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you're considering any career, right? And mm -hmm. that's something we found out and we had actually students participate in a portrait of a graduate too so every career you're going to be a surgeon you need robotic surgery you need to know technology mm -hmm. you're going into business you're going to be an entrepreneur you need to be able to use technology so you can spend time building your business and not worry about the back-end operation of the business mm -hmm. right you're going to go into say you're going to go in and be an aesthetician right go into the workforce you're working mm -hmm. in a salon um i was just reading up on this app called the cut right it ties barbers to um people yeah you need to be a you need to be digitally able to be able to maneuver tools like that regardless of where you're going to go right mm -hmm. like you're going to be uh, in culinary skills you want to be a chef right mm -hmm. Um, you need to be able to digitally measure your ingredients. <laughs> yes. You should be able to keep a catalog of uh, recipes. Uh, you cannot keep it in a shoebox anymore. Very important. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> so regardless of what you set out to do, and in middle school, it's very hard to have the vision. I think our high school students would be closer to that. But you mm -hmm. know that a lot of college students even don't have that. They go undeclared because they don't know where they're going to go. Mm. And that's okay, right? It's okay. Mm -hmm. And this is something, um, uh, you know, like right now I would focus on the social emotional health and about, mm -hmm. you know, trust, mm -hmm. trust in the adults that are in your support system. Right. Uh, but most of all, um, like, uh, Jim Lauder, <laughs> my boss at Ohio health always used to tell me you can teach skills. You can't teach nice. Mm -hmm. So try to <laughs> build that, uh, build that community, uh, thing first. Lean on your council of elders. Even if you're in middle school, start identifying who is on your council of elders. Who are those trusted mentors? Include mm -hmm. your teachers, your principals, your parents, your grandparents, but look outside that, right? 
is there a particular no, uh, partner of ours like i know i can or the america or somebody that's mm-hmm. influencing you positively or the big brothers mm-hmm. or somebody mm-hmm. include them in your council of elders it's mm-hmm. and middle school is a perfect time to start because you haven't built uh, you're in a you're in a um, highly opinionated high schooler yeah. <laughs> you're still <laughs> trying to build that vision and so um, you know perfect time to start right and and yeah. look into things like stem and steam and learn about mm. them you're mm-hmm. in the arts you're going to need technology on promoting your arts right mm. you may be a visual yes. arts person but you need to promote that visual art or your works you're going to need technology so yeah. technology kind of not only needs to be in your classroom it, it, it is here to stay i mean mm-hmm. not just because of covid or because we are doing remote learning right regardless right. it is here to stay so my advice to middle schoolers and high schoolers is don't lose hope mm-hmm. um like i said the darkest hour is the hour before dawn it'll always light mm-hmm. up uh, the sun will be out so will we are talking about vaccine and new government we are talking about you know an organized effort to fight social injustice we are already talking about how to make things better so hold on to that but trust in your elders start it's never too late to form the council of elders mm-hmm. i've always had a council of elders some people might have come in and out uh, depending on you know which phase of life i'm in i still have a council of elders you should always have one mm-hmm. that you can lean yeah. in lean on and right. get that advice because you know there is no better teacher than experience but you can learn from others experience i love that um and actually i i received that same um um uh, uh mentorship uh i would say probably about 15 years ago it was a different terms on one saying you need to have a board of directors you need to have people that you can go to um and have conversations with and get direction and information from um and so to to wrap up here we want to keep you too much longer but i mean you talk um you talked about what you would say to students um but we also you know had this conversation about there are multiple customer groups that you that you have there's a group that you know a two prong group i would say that that are you know comprised of the adults that are the customers right which are you know you have the teachers and then you have you know parents right who are kind of now um uh, uh kind of uh, teachers in their own right in, at home now because of the current situation um what would you say to them uh in terms of not only in relation to how things have transpired but then where things are are going and their importance uh so for the parents and the teachers you know how you know how important have they been in this process to this point and then how important are they going forward what would you say to them absolutely and uh, this is not the uh, you know i i want them to understand it's not the official statement of the district <laughs> right <laughs> i i will uh, i will let dr dixon this is your uh, statement this is yeah <laughs> this is just you yes i will let dr dixon talk to that because she is um, an amazing visionary like i shared mm-hmm. you know that that i wish it is why um, i'm here um for to our teachers right from a, from a technology perspective i'd like to say hey um come along with me for this ride yeah you know uh, uh, we we mentioned devices for students we mentioned hotspots for students a lot of our teachers were using their personal devices but 
Yeah. We went ahead and we have about 4,000 some teachers and we distributed over 3,400 new laptops to them. Because unless the teacher is equipped with the best of the tools, they're mm -hmm. not going to be able to impart a quality education. Yeah. And we, we don't want them to suffer in silence. They will. They are very giving. They're very generous people. They will because they're so passionate about their students. But we mm -hmm. wanted to help them how we could. So we were able mm -hmm. to use some of our CARES Act funding, the school's CARES Act funding, to provide devices for our teachers. But mm -hmm. um, that is just, again, like I said, right? It is a means to an end. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest gap our teachers might feel is we haven't traditionally focused on uh, that translation from technology to instructional technology. Mm -hmm. So in a district, we're trying to put a group together that focuses just on the learning technology and how we can help the teacher with adequate professional training mm -hmm. so they will be able to use what we are all putting together in their classrooms. Mm -hmm. It is a huge culture change, but we, we, have, we want them to be involved as stakeholders in defining their destiny, the future destiny of their classrooms themselves. Because a lot of them are absolutely passionate about their students Tell us how we can help your students. Partner mm -hmm. with us is my message to the uh, teachers. My message to the parents from, uh, you know, just technology helps support. We understand this is a hard time. And, you know, we are offering digital literacy and support. So I will use uh, some words from the uh, Bible, like ask and you shall be answered and knock and, you know, <laughs> ask and, and knock and you will be answered. Uh, Call us. We are here to help. We understand your your um, current frustration. In some ways, we understand uh, your situation. And some things may or may not change. But what will not change is that we are here to support your student um, in every way possible. And then we are here for you. All right. Well, I, I can't think of any better way to kind of uh, transition us to the, to the end here. I think. Um, you know, I speak for Brendan and myself. First of all, I'll say we uh, want to thank you for uh, for um, being present here with us today and uh, imparting all the information that, and the experience and the 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 um, uh, just the just you know just the detail on what you have given us uh, kind of insight into um, how this somewhat Herculean effort came about. Um, and how it's still kind of manifesting itself as, as things go along. Um, because we, you know, one thing that even in my experience prior to working so closely with, with the district, you know, you have what you see from the outside and then you get into it and you say, oh, well, there's a whole lot more <laughs> going on here. There's so many layers and so many, you know, things going on. And, and it gives you appreciation for the fact that students are learning and mm. they're coming out well prepared to move on to their their next pursuits and be productive members of society and all those kind of things and 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 you know 50,000 or so uh <laughs> you know <laughs> every day so um so that's just that's that's amazing so again we want to thank you for your time and appreciate you coming and being on with us and um and we look forward to having you back because I, I believe in about a year or so we're going to have some, you know, some more questions for you. It's going to be a lot of new information and new opportunities that have come along and so on and so forth. And you 
and uh, what Dr. Dixon and the the, uh, the board and all are, are doing is, is amazing work. So uh, again, we thank you for coming. Well, thank you guys and uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, uh, Happy New Year to all of you. Uh, one of my colleagues says this best, Alicia Gillison, she says, it's hard work, but it's heart work. So, mm, you know, yes. we, we are all in this together. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And I totally enjoyed our conversation. So thank you for yes. providing that. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Digital From Day One podcast. Make sure to visit our website at go.osu.edu forward slash digital day one. That's the number one where you can find out how to subscribe, more information about our guests, and more information about our team. As always, we love to know what you think. Use the feedback form on the website or shoot us an email at digitalfromday1 at osu.edu. The one is actually spelled out here. Or simply give us a rating on iTunes. And we'd appreciate if you tell a friend about our little show here too. There's more to come from our guests in this episode, so be on the lookout for that. I'm Joel Nelson, along with Brendan Dickerson, and let's continue to make the connections to Opportunity Stronger. Until next time, everybody.